Garage Logic brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, Gonna have it's test. Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Try a little test here. Can I talk now? Not till I, not till you need to. Just don't point like. Not till you need. Not till you need to. Do you need to right now? No. If you want to, yes. (laughs) You can talk, but you won't. Right. That's what I'm telling you. Thank you. A columnist for the Rocky Mountain Collegian wrote Sunday that she had a, this is the failed academy, wrote Sunday that she had a meeting about Colorado State University's push for inclusive language with a diversity and inclusion official. Katrina Lieby noted that Zara Al Dash Saloom, the director of diversity and inclusion at Associated Students of Colorado State University, showed her an entire packet of words and phrases that were deemed non inclusive. There's a particular phrase deemed to be non inclusive that is reportedly offensive to Asians. I'm wondering if you can come up with it. Hmm. It's considered an offending phrase, Libby wrote, the columnist. I'm going to go out on a limb. Mm -hmm. Asians? That's right. This is thought to to be... uh, You're kidding me. Well, you, I couldn't think of anything. I, I could think of some untoward things to say, but I, I knew that was not the case. Asians? Well, what do you think the phrase is? No, that's that's what I thought the phrase is. You're oh, calling no, no, them no. Asians. No, the phrase, oh, is okay. thought, the phrase is thought to be insensitive to uh, Asian students oh, okay. and derogatory to those of Asian descent. Oh. According to Libby, Al Dash Saloom also said that even though she believes inclusive language is important at Colorado State, I'm not going to try and change them, but educate them. Uh, Al Saloom uh, did not respond to a request for a comment from Reason Magazine. Okay. Um, well, I'll give you. I'll give you some hints. Uh, you'd have to get up in the morning and rack your brain to come up with this as an example of uh, something that could be found to be insensitive. And until reading this, uh, it's power washing. It's power washing. It's taking something completely innocent that you never thought in your wildest imagination could possibly be insensitive. Never in your wildest imagination. But you get out the power washer and you say, oh, yeah, this is this is insensitive to Asian uh, young people. Ooh. Uh, Common phrase that you've said all your life. The first word of the phrase is long. No. No. The first, the first. Because I wouldn't be offended. They're like, ah, you know, they're long. The first word of the phrase. You see, you're talking too much again. 
The first word of the phrase is long. I think you're interrupting me before I'm finishing. <laughs> what is the phrase? Longfellow. Nope. You're not going to believe it. This is what the failed academy has come Long. to. Long. Okay. Now, it- now, now, let, me, let me preface that by saying one of the reasons the academy is failing is because they're uh, constantly hiring uh, people for positions called, for example, Director of Diversity and Inclusion. It has become the role of the failed academy to find victimization, even where it doesn't exist. You want okay. me to tell you what the phrase is? Yeah, because I'm, I'm... Long time no see. Oh. Really? What? Long time no see. How many times in your life have you said that? 10,000 times? At least. Did it ever occur to you that you were being insensitive to anybody? No. Of well, course not. Why do they say it? Because you're missing an article? It's a. It's been a long tim- time since I have seen you? No. <clears throat> a 2014 National Public Radio piece, who else, got down to the nitty-gritty regarding Long Time No See and said it appeared in a couple of 1900 uh, books— uh, meaning the year 1900, referring to conversations with Native Americans. The outlet added that other explanations point to members of the British and U.S. Navy attempting to speak like Chinese people they encountered. A letter published in Our Navy, the standard publication of the U.S. Navy, Volume 13, includes the following, NPR reported. Then Ah Sam, ancient Chinese tailor, familiarly known as Kaki, after taking one good look at the lieutenant, said, Ah, Lida, you belong, my very good friend. Long time no see you, handsome facey. And they're claiming they that... Dug, somehow, this was dug out. Wow. But the outlet also said that today the phrase, long time no see, is so widespread as a greeting that there's nothing to indicate the term's origins, be they Native Americans or Mandarin Chinese. And then it's been so widely identified with American culture beginning in the early 20th century that it's entered the lexicon as a normal phrase. The Rocky Mountain Collegian asked columnist Lauren Rogers, director of residential development for Residence Hall Association, who doesn't like the term you guys, for a reason that ought to be obvious by now, why inclusive language is censored on campus when it's not censored elsewhere. Libby said Rogers had an answer, and one might say it possesses almost biblical overtones. Even if the world isn't good, you should be good. Well, that's just gobbledygook. I don't know what any of these people are talking about. But you see what happens? You see what happens when the people in this diversity and inclusion game have their way? They poison you. They poison you. They are now making it a truth that long time no see is insensitive because they say it is. Even though nobody's ever. And it's never occurred to you yeah. that you were being untoward towards uh, anyone of Asian descent. Would I Would I be fair there? Yes. That, yeah. yeah. I, I, even, mm-hmm. even now I'm trying to find out how it cited in, in one or two items. Does because not... they found a letter uh, from this naval magazine. Uh published God knows when, uh, quoting, I don't even know who they're quoting, reporting is what it used to be, uh, or is this the campus reform or whatever I'm reading. Uh, If long time no see offensiveness is a new one to you, it's not as though the phrase hasn't been investigated. And then we learn that in in 2014, National Public Radio apparently, uh, believing they were being virtuous, uh, examined, did some homework and discovered that, you know, 120 years ago, uh, members of the British and U.S. Navy attempted to speak like Chinese people they encountered. 
Uh, we don't know in what context they attempted to speak to like Chinese people they encountered. And then they published this r ridiculously uh, uh, silly uh, a paragraph, a sentence. They found a sentence uh, in which we, we get the phrase, long time, no see you, handsome facey. Uh, that's that's. I didn't know that. I didn't know that naval letter existed. Did you? No. This is completely. And nor did nor did anyone else in the world who has used the phrase. Hey, long time no see. How are you? I think I'll still continue to use it and see if. But the college is now having their employee, people who go to work every day, and this is what they do. This is what they attempt to discover in order to discredit conversation on campus leading us closer and closer to what people aren't going to be able to talk to each other your prediction this is power washing. some time ago this is power washing for <clears throat> new listeners power washing is what happens when something completely innocent that you've never regarded uh in your life as being offensive uh is exposed by someone who of, is of mysterious bent and insists that it's uh uh power washing uh, that insists it's uh, insensitive the phrase uh, originated, John, with what's the city councilman in Washington, D.C.? Oh. Uh, former Black Panther. Yeah, I know who you mean. I can see him. He I came out of Seattle. Came out of this. Uh, I said, I'm sorry, it Seattle, Seattle. Seattle. I'm yeah, sorry, Seattle. Seattle. He came outside the, the state house one day or the city council chambers or whatever, and there was a workman uh, power washing the steps uh, because homeless had been camped there and, and the steps needed to be cleaned. And look it up for me, please, John, who that I am, was. I am yeah. doing that right and, now. And whoever this fellow was said that the power washing, a power washing of the steps, literally using a power washer, uh, evoked in him memories of turning fire hoses on uh, uh, protesters in Selma, Alabama, and therefore power washers should not be seen in public. Larry Gossett. Larry Gossett, yeah. And they're just trying to— Is, the, is, the, is there a little— uh, uh, encapsulation of what he said there, John? Yep. Seattle, Washington councilman implied a new effort to clean excrement off the sidewalk outside the local courthouse could be racist. The crime and smell of urine excrement have gotten bad enough, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Larry Gossett isn't a fan of one solution to power wash the feces from the sidewalks. Uh, power washing sidewalks, he says, is too reminiscent of civil rights activists being hosed down. Another famous example uh, where the grade schools, I believe in Oregon, were named uh, Lynch. Lynch Elementary School and what have you. And they were named for a farmer who donated the land to the school district 100 years ago. The guy's name was Lynch, so they named the schools. And someone complained at a school board meeting that that evoked memories of lynching, and therefore they had to change the name of the schools. They didn't have to. They acquiesced, they buckled, they caved, and they changed the name of the schools. There's not a soul. Lynch might be one of the most popular last names in the country. Does everyone have to change Very their Irish. name? Isn't Not this, yet. Isn't this something? Not yet. That's power washing. Long time no see. Oh, we'll get you for that. Wow. That's insensitive to Chinese people. Why? Well, because we found a letter in the archives where soldiers were speaking like this to each other 120 years ago. And until, they, until these social justice warriors point this out, it never has occurred to you that that was insensitive. No, not and at all. And now when you use it, that will be in the back of your mind. They're, they poison, <laughs> they poison. The truth is, it was just a common phrase that, that, he, that had entered the vernacular, and you did not know you were being insensitive. But now, 
The failed academy tells you you are being insensitive to use that term. So you are fated to remember this the next time you use the term. You won't feel insensitive, but you will be according to the— It'll be inside my head now. Uh, every time I hear that or say that, that will be in the back of my mind, even though I'm I'm not going to discontinue saying that due to uh, uh, racism or a potential. It's just a different perspective. <clears throat> Long time no see. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to see Reavers? Yes, sir. No, I'm not going to ask you. You won't do it. No, I will. Rookie, you won't do <laughs> Come it. Come on. I got it. Give me a shot. Rookie, you could do it, but you won't. Right. <laughs> why don't you contact, I'm being terribly serious here, why don't you contact the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at Colorado State University and request a copy of the list of non-inclusive words and phrases that are considered untoward on, on that particular campus. You know what we should do? Hmm. Why don't I call it? When we come back on the on the air, we can do that kind of stuff now. Well, good. Her name is Zara Z A H R A Al A L dash Saloom, um, just like Saloon, only with an M. We have a vice president too. She is the director of diversity and inclusion at Associated Students of Colorado State University. I would love to see the entire packet of words and phrases that are deemed non-inclusive. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Thanks, G.B. Layton. How are we doing on that phone number? I'm going to dial it right now. And then I get to speak? Yes, you do. All right. Bear with me. We're calling Zara Al-Saloom, Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Associated Students of Colorado State University. And I would like to know what other phrases are in a packet of words and phrases that are deemed non-inclusive, because we've just learned, long time no see, is offensive. Office of the Vice President for Diversity, this is Alicia. I'm trying to reach Zara Al Saloom. I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. Could you help us with the correct one? No, I have, I don't know that person. She is the Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Associated Students of Colorado State University. Give me a moment. Right. Who are you calling from? I'm calling from St. Paul, Minnesota. My name is Joe Souchere. And what are you looking for, Joe, besides to speak with this person? We we uh, understand that she apparently has a packet of words and phrases that are deemed non-inclusive, including the phrase, long time no see, which is thought to be insensitive to Asian people. Sure. I can tell you that our Office of the Vice President for Diversity Vice President here is Mary Ontiveros, so that might be who you're looking to contact. No, I'm reading that uh, the woman I'm trying to reach is Zara Al-Saloom, uh, and she's called Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Associated Students of Colorado State University. Ah, uh, yes. 
So the Associated Students, so she's a student that represents ah. uh, the senator through ASCSU. Oh, I so see. So unfortunately, I do not have her contact information. All right. Thank you very much. Of course. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Okay. She's a student. How in the hell am I going to get this packet of words and phrases? Well, would it need to be authorized by the office? <clears throat> I have no idea. We have to run it through the office at some point. Let's continue with the failed academy. By the way. And this really disappoints me because I invested a hell of a lot of money with them. Really quick before you move on, mm-hmm. when Johnny can vouch here, when I was looking for that number, yeah, Joe, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are 10 people listed just in that department alone. And, and, and name me the department you found. This is the Office of the Vice President for Diversity at Colorado State University. As the the woman on the phone said, Mary Antaveros is the the vice president. Mm -hmm. Then you have Oscar Felix, who's the associate vice president. Read them all. Then you have Rhea Vigil. She is the director of diversity education and training. All right. Then you have Shannon Archibecki-Angle. Right. She's the Director of Assessment and Strategic Initiatives. All right. Then you have Linda Creer, Executive Assistance to Mary Antrevios. All right. Then you have Jan Marquette. She's the Budget Coordinator for the Office of the President of Diversity. Then you have Alicia Sprague, who's the Training Coordinator. Tammy Liu, who's Administrative Assistant. And then you have two other people who have uh, untitled positions within the company. The day is coming. The day is coming people. when you will go to a university and not be able to take a chemistry course. One of the reasons the academy has failed is because they are devoting their institutional strength now to offices of diversity and inclusion for purposes of discovering and marginalizing people of marginalizing. Well, why not say it for purposes of uh, marginalizing white students who are too stupid to know that long time no see is offensive. And they won't stop until they find that they're, they're, they're turning over every rock because they're, they believe in an effort to bring about equity. They've got to sanitize the language because the language or its various phrases could, and words could be thought to be, uh, insensitive in a power structure sort of way. Mm. And the element chart is racist. The day is coming when you, <laughs> yes. you, you probably are, be hard pressed already to find a history course. True. Cause they're erasing it. Let's stick with the failed Academy and go to Marquette university in Milwaukee. Ooh, close to your heart there. Pally. Continuing the tradition of hallowed institutions of higher learning, coddling students, uh, Marquette University's Counseling Center. Ab- uh, St. Olaf just did this the other day. We covered that. <clears throat> I have money invested there, too. You get a big raise, though, when yeah. you get out of school. <clears throat> Marquette University's Counseling Center advertised a safe space for students to de-stress from the rag- ravages of the 2018 Midterm elections. <laughs> Political stress got you down, the center said in a Facebook notice. Come to our de-stress event. Among the perks were stress-busting activities, a gratitude board, and self-care strategies. 
to the counseling center's credit, the offer appeared to be extended to all students, no matter where they fell on the political spectrum. The Marquette University Counseling Center would like to invite students in the campus community to engage in some self-care strategies, decompress, and be in community with one another, the center added. Please join them on the AMU second floor lobby, on, this was yesterday, from 11 to 2 p.m. Stress-busting activities, a gratitude board, and a space to be in community will be available. The notice also said that for many people, the transition of power and the rapid speed of change may cause stress and anxiety about the political environment and the future of our nation. Symptoms of stress can vary to person to person, but often include a combination of emotional, anxiety, depression, worry, tension, irritability, and physical headaches, insomnia, stomach problems, and other reactions. Because of an election in what was once the greatest country in the world. In what was once the country that had the greatest educational institutions in the world. And they are failing miserably. They're not preparing students for the road ahead. They are cushioning. They are creating the road ahead. You understand the distinction? They are not preparing students for the road ahead. They are preparing students. No, they are creating the road ahead. They are not telling students how to think. I'm sorry, they are not telling students, yeah, they're not teaching students how to think. They're teaching students what to think. This is tantamount to saying you should be upset by an election. And basically in my Parenthetically, if you don't get your way. All right. I I got somebody I got to send this to in case he ever thinks about sending him any money. (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 this is incredible. And it's everywhere. It's at St. Olaf. It's at Marquette. So put, put do this analogy for me then. You always talk about walking the service road of life in Garage Logic. Yes, I do. So right now, uh, 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 20 years ago, the colleges uh, were, were setting you up to uh, hit that service road, and it had ditches, I'd go, it I'd had go, bumps. I'd go, I'd go longer back than than 20 years okay ago. whatever the number is yeah. they, they had you set up to uh to to push you out of the gate get out there and try and make a buck right that service road might have some uh some cracks in it no guardrails right uh, just right and you had to go yeah. now what are they what is this road that they're sending you out look like well it's lined carefully with cushions so you can't veer off the path no. and you've got a no. this is the way we want you to go mm-hmm. and it's probably under construction if, if they believe an election causes stress, is it any wonder they bring in the service roosters for uh, for uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, final exams? Let's come back with John Height. I, I don't think I can. I have to de-stress. All right. Well, you de-stress ah! in this momentarily. Yeah, I got scared there for a second. of Garage Logic 98, College of Self-Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. John, before you get to the news, have a great living American we've lost. Okay. Aside Richard, from Bob Nagley. Richard Hall, 86 years old, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War vet, born on the family farm in Donnell, Minnesota in 1929. Uh, 
He was 17 years old in 1946 when he joined the Marine Corps. World War II was just winding down, but Hall received military credit for being part of the military during the war. Uh, And then uh, he was called back into service at the age of 21 to fight in Korea. And then he also fought in Vietnam and... uh, He's a great living American. Too bad we lost him. Thank you for your service. Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Governor-elect Tim Walls uh, had some announcements today. Of course, he'll be sworn in later uh, in January as the 41st governor of Minnesota. All Republicans are fired. Walls renamed Long. Well, that's going to be what Keith does. That's yeah, true. That's yeah. Keith Ellison, yeah. But there uh, won't be any Republicans in the attorney general's office. <laughs> Walls named longtime aide Chris Schmitter, currently an attorney with the firm Green Espel. Sure, he wasn't picked on as a kid. Right, yeah. To be the chief <laughs> of staff. Whoops, sorry, I screwed it up again. Long time no see, yeah. Schmitter. Yeah. Hey, Schmitter. Chris Schmitter you will over be. over the Schmitter over there? Yeah. <laughs> Schmitter will be Governor Tim Walls' chief of staff. Kristen Beckman, such juveniles, aren't we? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. But oh, you're not, okay. Kristen Beckman, currently <laughs> Chief Operating Officer of the nonprofit Center for Economic Inclusion. Hey, f- did you guys go to that party over at the Schmitter House? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm a lion tamer with a whip and a chair trying to get these knuckleheads <laughs> to shut up. Chris with, hey, sit down and shut up, why don't you? Why was he roaming, by the way? Uh, he can't roam very well. He was extending his knee and having everyone look at it. Look at my knee. Hey, I am swelling up like a basketball. Kristen Beckman, currently Chief Operating Officer for the nonprofit Center for Economic Inclusion and former aide to St. Paul Mayor Chris Coleman, was named the Executive Director of the Transition for the new governor. In fact, he had that role in uh, Chris's vacation when Cousin Eddie was on emptying out the RV and he said Ew. the Schmitter was full. <laughs> Minnesota attorney. You know, we're going to need this guy at some point, so let's Yeah, let's kind of lay off, right? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Schmitter. Welcome to town. Yep. <laughs> attorney General Keith Ellison says he's resigning as deputy chairman of the national uh, Dem- of the Democratic National Committee. Ellison told Minnesota Public Radio on Wednesday night he's notified DNC chair Tom Perez that he will be retiring from that role to devote all of his time to the people of the state of Minnesota. Ellison elected Minnesota Attorney General on Tuesday. Ellison rose to national prominence, of course, as the first Muslim elected to Congress and last year became deputy chair of the DNC. I feel better because I'm sure Keith is my interest at heart. (laughs) A U.S. appeals court ruled Thursday that President Trump cannot immediately end an Obama-era program shielding young, uh, young immigrants from deportation. The three-judge panel of the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals kept in place a preliminary injunction blocking the president's decision to phase out the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, or DACA. Lawsuits by California and others challenging the administration's decision will continue in federal court while the injunction remains in place. DACA has protected about 700,000 people who were brought to the U.S. illegally as children or came with families that overstayed visas. The Trump administration has said it moved to end the program last year because Texas and other states threatened to sue, raising the prospects of a chaotic end to DACA. The decision prompted lawsuits across the nation, including one by California. A judge overseeing that lawsuit and four others ruled against the administration and ruled uh, reinstated the program in January. Uh, that story we uh, talked a little bit about earlier for one large group of people at a Southern California bar where a gunman killed 12 people Wednesday night. It was their second narrow escape from a mass shooting. One man said he and others inside the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks also survived a shooting that killed 58 people and injured 500 others in Las Vegas last October. 
Nicholas Champion said he and many others in the bar were also at the Las Vegas Route 91 shooting. He said it's the second time in about a year and a month that this has happened. It's a big thing for us. We're all a big family. And unfortunately, this family got hit twice. More than 100 people were inside the bar during the shooting, including many college students who were there to celebrate college country night. Police said they found a shooter dead uh, inside, possibly from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Ventura County Sheriff Jeff Dean told reporters it's a horrific scene in there. There's blood everywhere. University of Wisconsin Lacrosse quietly paid a, a porn star to deliver a lecture to students. The Lacrosse Tribune reported that the university paid Nina Hartley huh. $5,000 out of student fees to speak to students about adult entertainment and taking ownership of their sexuality on November 1st. I, I would have attended that. Hmm. Nina was quite popular in the uh, 70s and 80s. Is she a sea hag now? She's probably older. I have not seen her. Well, sea hag yeah. is unkind I, of me. Why don't you look it up, Rook? Uh, I don't Nina think Hart so. I think we'll just computer. pass on that she one. Was, uh, she was very popular. I think it was the 80s. Was her probably don't get it through the filter. 80s and 90s. Well, so, maybe she's uh, popular on the speaking circuit. But, the senior tour. At senior homes. I mean, if you're if you're bringing drag queens to libraries, why don't you bring porn stars to colleges? Who cares? About seventy students attended the ninety-minute talk. She told students it's acceptable to enjoy. Were there film clips? Not that I'm aware of. She told students it's acceptable to enjoy pornography, acceptable to not enjoy it, and acceptable to be confused about it. So she kind of covered every base. Who's confused about? That's like taking a poll with the answer being I don't know. I don't know. Hartley's appearance was prompted uh, through signs on campus. Chancellor Joe Gao said university officials were concerned because Hartley was speaking about a contentious topic and that people wouldn't attend and the appearance would be sensationalized. Uh, apparently that did not happen, he says. Uh, he argued the world would be a better place if people were more open about sex. I'm going to hit the back button on this and uh, we're going to bail. We're not going after that one. Okay. I, yeah. I want to go back to the options uh, laid out there, John, in that story. Yeah. Who are the people that are confused by it? Well, I'm sure there it's are people. It's pretty cut and dry. Well, there are probably people who think, I don't know if I should watch this, but I'm watching it anyway. I, I think that's what they I mean. I could, but I don't yeah, want exactly. to. Right. I can, but I won't. I think that's what they mean by the confusion ah, angle, I, I believe. Stop. Cigarette smoking is losing popularity in the United States, where health officials Thursday announced just 14% of the population now smokes. That is the lowest level ever recorded in this country. Some 34 million U.S. adults smoke cigarettes, according to a 2017 survey by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The 14% cigarette smoker rate is down from 15.5% in 2016. The current rate marks a 67% decline since 1965. The year the National Health Interview Survey began collecting annual data on smokers. CDC Director Robert Redfield said this new all-time low in cigarette smoking among U.S. adults is a tremendous public health accomplishment. The NHIS report also highlighted a significant drop in young adult cigarette smokers in 2017. About 10% of Americans aged 18 to 24 smoked cigarettes in 2017, down from 13% in 2016. Meanwhile, e-cigarette use is rising fast among young people. U.S. regulators are considering a ban on flavored nicotine that's used in the battery-powered vaping devices. The CDC said one in five adults still use some form of tobacco product. That's about 47 million people. That would include cigarettes, cigars, e-cigarettes, hookah pipes, or smokeless tobacco. That rate also has remained steady in recent years. Do you guys recall yesterday I brought up the 69-year-old Dutch uh, Dutchman Emil Rattleband, yeah. who wants to uh, 
he feels younger, so he wants to uh, have his age changed. Yes. And I predicted this is he'll, he'll get somewhere with this. He'll gain some traction, some purchase as cultures decline all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I found it on the Daily Mail site because that's the kind of thing they, they relish. Today, there's not many sites where you can't find that story. Huh. Mm. So one he wants to closer. change his age. He wants to change his age because he said, "If you can change your gender, why not your age?" Nowhere are you so discriminated against as your age. And he said that he feels twenty to twenty-five years younger than his official age, and he's asking a court to allow him to change his age. Hmm. <clears throat> Mark my words; that'll okay. become part of the package. I that's I, a bet I won't take because I believe it. All right. Uh, one follow-up election story: Despite being labeled a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. A Republican candidate won a closely watched congressional race in Virginia. What is Bigfoot erotica? Well, here we'll show you. Use your imagination, yeah. Joe. A Bigfoot walks into a bar. Well, I can't think of any Bigfoot erotica. They're just, first of all, they're to, to this point, they're mythical creatures. Blurry. And they're blurry. Yeah, everything must be blurry in the picture. Yeah. Faces blurred weird. out. Shoes? Oh. I guess no, I'm, it's like I couldn't believe my luck. Yeah, yeah. as I, was I ran camping into Big and Foot. Sasquatch was there, yeah, and he came into boy, my tent. Did All right, fun. it was right. a really awkward Jack Links commercial. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, had me worried for a minute. Yeah. Did this uh, guy win? A Den- yeah, a Denver Riggleman is his name. He won handily over Democrat Leslie Coburn in the race for the fifth district. Uh, during the campaign, Coburn leveled an unusual allegation. The former investigative journalist and 60 Minutes producer said Riggleman was uh, unfit for office after a chapter of a book he authored about Bigfoot was published online. Riggleman said he wrote the book as a joke among friends. It was titled, The Mating Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him. Huh. Riggleman's Maybe win. I'm starting to get it now. There yeah. you go. Riggleman's win keeps the 5th District right. in the hands of the GOP. King of the jungle. I see. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the, who was your guy? We, we interviewed her. Uh, Bronco. Bronco. Yeah. We had the, eight, oh, uh, the gorilla. Oh, the, uh, the gorilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she liked uh, companionship. Right. What was the, the line was, Bronco could bring it. Yeah, Bronco, Bronco could, could bring really it. bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this... <laughs> This whole election, by the way, uh, must have been odd from the start. The fellow who won this, Riggleman, he's an Air Force veteran and a distillery owner. He announced his candidacy after the incumbent Republican, Tom Garrett, announced he's an alcoholic and ended his reelection bid. So uh, kind of an odd thing all the way around. You know, not many radio shows could get a live gorilla on the show. We did. The day after such a big story. Through through very deep investigation and hard— Work only could a producer pull that off. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not just you make a call and say, what do you got? What do you got? Animal control officers removed a seven-foot alligator from a Kansas City home Wednesday during an eviction, and the gator's owner says he'll fight to get him back. Sean Casey said when officials showed up Wednesday morning to evict him, he had just minutes to get out of the home, so he had to leave behind everything, including his pet alligator, catfish, three pet snakes, and a rabbit named Dinner. How fast do you think that gator got the rabbit and a couple of snakes? Casey said the house belonged to his grandma, who's currently in a nursing home. The owner of the home, a trustee, evicted him. He said, I don't have anything good to say about the man, so I probably shouldn't say anything at all, but he's doing my family wrong. Casey said the creature was only 15 to 18 inches long when he first got him four years ago, but now catfish is the biggest alligator that Kansas City animal control officers have ever had to deal with. They had to call in an animal rescue group to help them remove catfish since they aren't equipped to deal with a more than 200-pound alligator. 
The rescue was painful for the gator's owner. Casey said he had his own way of saying hi to people. They're not big, ferocious animals like people think. They have personalities. Casey said the animal's diet consisted of chicken nuggets, steak, deer, and fish. He added catfish often acts like a dog. He said, I don't think he knew he was an alligator. I think he thought he was a dog. The only guy I know who could uh, sympathize with this fellow is the late, great Monty. Mm -hmm. Yep. Monty lived with an alligator. Albert. Albert. Uh, Casey said, I built him a ramp to get back in his tank because he's like a big lizard. Oddly enough, he liked to come sit on my lap. Randy Wayne White has chimed in. Uh Uh-oh. And he said that his record with the Captain Mark Futch, his son Rogan White, was 12 feet 11 inches. And I've got a picture of it. I sent it to Reavers, and he said we can post it if we want to. Okay. Did you get Holcomb's new cartoon up yet? It's up there. I saw it yesterday, yeah. yeah. A flight it it's in. the uh, failed Academy Halloween edition for those that haven't <laughs> oh, seen boy. it. You go to garagelogic.com, click on features, scroll down for the GL Comics section. A flight in Indonesia delayed when passengers complained about the smell from a two-ton shipment of durian, a notoriously bad-smelling fruit. Video posted to Facebook by musician Amir Zidane shows passengers exiting Srijaya Air Flight SJ091 at the Fatmawati Sakarno Airport in Bengkulu, mm. Sumatra Island, after complaining about the rotting-like smell from the durian being yeah. transported on the plane. How about the airline, by the way, that made the guy sit in... Uh... Dog poop. Yeah. yeah that's bad. Here, just put a towel on it. Throw it right over there. You'll be all right. <laughs> Passengers refused to fly with the shipment of fruit, leading the airline to delay the flight for an hour so the durian could be taken off the plane. You can't let a dog go poop outside in, in St. Paul or Minneapolis, but you can let a dog go poop on an airline seat and you got to sit in it. I don't get it. There's something wrong with that picture. Yes. I, I did Backwards. not see this story. Was it a uh, service dog or I have just, no a, idea. I, just a passenger? Therapy, therapy animal? Just a bad read cleanup job is what it was. Yeah. Huh. Alabama police say they're looking for a man who was caught on video falling through the ceiling of a Waffle House and then shoving customers out of the way as he ran out of the restaurant pantless. This happened last week with the gal who fell out of the ceiling twice. And she was uh, scantily Topless. Tuscumbia police say 27-year-old Wesley Bost of Birmingham was trying to break into an Alabama Waffle House located on U.S. 72 on Sunday when he crawled into the space above the restaurant ceiling. You can add that one to the file, Mayor. Mm-hmm. Over the dining room area. He was caught on surveillance video going into the Waffle House's bathroom and tying his jeans to the door in an attempt to keep the door locked. He reportedly broke the bathroom sink and toilet while he was trying to climb up into the ceiling. As he tried to make his way through the restaurant, customers watched as part of the ceiling appeared to cave in, <laughs> causing debris to rain down on several tables. The pantless man then leaps up and fights his way through several patrons and staff as he flees for the exit. Police have not caught up with him, but they say they know who he is, and they're still looking for uh, we the know, boss. We know who that is. We got him. Yeah, <laughs> we, got we got that we chose We've done not that to, before. We chose not to chase him down because we'd have to put him in the squad car with no pants on. <laughs> Uh, as you talked about uh, last hour, Joe, this weekend three enormous asteroids will make what they're calling a close approach to Earth. I'm yeah. glad we're revisiting this because one thing we didn't discuss was how we're naming the asteroids. Like, we're naming hurricanes. Let's come up with something a little bit better than 3GX17. Like Roy. Yeah, like know? something that's got some impact. Right. The asteroids, the biggest of which is predicted to measure up to 100 feet across, will whiz past the planet on November 10th. 
Uh, an asteroid dubbed 2018 VS1. Is yeah, come on. Because you don't like that. Yeah. How about bullet, you know? Right. Boom. We'll, we'll pass by the Earth Rex. around. Yeah. Around. I'm afraid of Rex. Rex is coming. 3G27. <laughs> eh. Yeah, he's 100 feet wide. Right. It'll happen November 10th, about uh, 2.03 Greenwich Mean Time. That asteroid predict, uh, predicted to measure between 60 to 75 feet across. Uh, that would make it about five times as big as a giraffe. Thankfully, NASA's trajectory estimates... Uh, says 2018 FS1 will be about 861,700 miles away from Earth. That's still pretty far, John. It is, but NASA says these are close approaches. I see. Right after that, there's uh, 16 minutes after, there's another one, 2018 VR1. It's like the light rail. Can we see these, John? Are these visible? Uh, I That I don't know. All right. I'm not sure. You have to be dark. I understand. <laughs> I understand that part. Yep. <laughs> then uh, later on, another asteroid, 2018 VX1. Oh, yeah. De- developing a pattern here, obviously. VR1, VS1, It's like George VX1. Foreman's kids. You know, they're all named George. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, while the distances may sound huge, NASA says they are close approaches. Although I mean, we're a little late to the game on this um, public service announcement, uh, because people have already done this, uh, our, our reminder uh, that you should have turned your... Your clock's back right. uh, comes from a phone call. Uh, Carl, go ahead, please. Yeah, they went into the nursing home uh, in the Al's room at the nursing home. And who, who went in? Said, what now? I'm sorry. Who went into a nursing home? Well, the nurse. Okay. Went in to check on Al at the nursing home, and he was taking the shoe polish and putting it all over his swimsuit area. And uh, the nurse said, no, Al, you heard it wrong. They said... Turn the clocks back. <laughs> oh. I will never, <laughs> ever get tired of that joke. No, never. I will never, ever get tired of that joke. No. Thank you, Carl, for that. We got to hear from Carl one of these days, don't we? I, I believe so. we do. Yeah. yeah. We got a cast of characters that call us. No, L. No. There's, you heard it wrong. Turn your clocks back. You got to say that really slow, don't you? All right, garagelogic.com. Find that brand new Greg Holcomb creation, which is wonderful, and the previous ones as well. Click on the features page, GL Comics. Also, check out Joe's author's bookshelf. You can find out what Joe is recommending that you read or he's read already in the past. Garagelogic.com. Rate us on Apple iTunes 1 to 5 and tell all your friends and neighbors to never go away from the Garage Logic podcast. Thanks, guys.